0: You're listening to the Truth in Boots podcast. Join me as we search the Bible for truth about our God, for hope to encourage us through hard trials and struggles, and for answers for anyone who questions our faith. The truth of God's Word is not fragile, impractical, and only used on special occasions, like a pair of stiletto heels. God's Word, like a pair of sturdy boots, is meant to be put to work daily and is designed to protect us and help us through the mud, streams, and rocks of life. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. We're continuing our series here at Truth and Boots on who God is and what that means for my salvation. I've been greatly encouraged as I studied and prepared for this, so I hope it's been a blessing to you too. Now, 2 weeks ago I asked you to do some homework. I told you to write out a list of 50 specific sins that you have committed. Now, I wanted you to do that partially for this episode because I want you to see yourself how your God sees you. But if you haven't finished that homework yet, keep working on it or even start working on it if you've not started, because we'll revisit that in two weeks. And that's where I mostly want you to be prepared for, to understand who you are and how God sees you. So today we are continuing our series in God's justice and my salvation. So let's define God's justice first. Now quite honestly, I was a bit perplexed. Um, I start out studying for each episode by doing a keyword search of the Bible so I can understand the scriptures thoroughly and figure out how that applies to each topic. So I pulled up a verse in Deuteronomy and then used that Strong's Concordance to find where that word justice in Hebrew is used throughout the Old Testament. And I did the same thing in the New Testament with Greek. And I was a bit puzzled, to be honest, because these words were translated more often than not as righteousness. So I had to pause and reevaluate my own understanding of God's justice. I went out and looked up a definition online to have a starting place. And that definition says that justice or being just is behaving according to what is morally right and fair. And that's when I had my duh moment because God is just because he is sinless and righteous is not necessarily a completely separate topic than from God's righteousness. He is just because he is sinless, because he cannot give down an unfair or morally wrong judgment or punishment. Deuteronomy 32, four shows this really well. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright as he. So that verse shows you clearly that God's justice is equated with his uprightness, with being without iniquity, with being perfect. Because God is perfect, he is able to be fair. Psalm 9, 7 through 8 shows this again, but the Lord sits enthroned throne forever. He has established his throne for justice. He judges the world with righteousness he judges the people with uprightness. Yes, justice is being sinless. To be just, you are sinless. But it also has the nuance tacked on that implies he is in a position to judge. And obviously the Bible teaches this clearly from even the beginning of Genesis through end of Revelation. God is the world's judge. And shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? So before we get into some of the more deeper concepts of God's justice, we have to stop first and take a look at God's punishment, the judgment he has set down for sin. From the beginning, God gave man a choice, a choice to obey him or not. And when we disobeyed, that is sinning, that is missing the mark. Go back to the episode on God's holiness to study that a bit more. But Genesis two sixteen through 17, God commanded Adam, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. From the beginning, God has declared that the punishment For disobeying will be death. And this teaching continues on into the New Testament. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So God doesn't change. The punishment was set in Genesis 2 and continues on to today when you're hearing my voice. God's punishment is still the same. It is death. If you have sinned. And of course, all of us have. So let's define what this punishment is. Well, duh, death equals my body ceasing to function. Yes, that's true. That's a correct definition. But I think there's a fuller definition in the biblical sense. Now, I will put a caveat in there that this is something that I kind of defined so I can understand things better. Um, I didn't hear this from a Bible teacher or anything, so I'll just put that out there. This is my own understanding and trying to make sense of things. I like to think of death as separation, because we have two kinds of death, according to the Bible. The physical death is death number one. That is a separation of our soul from our physical body after it has ceased to function. And then once our body has experienced that death, there's the second death. Revelation twenty eleven through 15 talks about this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. So this is some day in the future when God is judging everyone. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. So heaven, the earth, universe is destroyed. There is nothing left of this physical universe that you and I are sitting in right now. So God's sitting on his throne. And verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So scripture teaches that the second death is separation from God forever. Death, Hades, and everyone who has not been cleansed by Christ's blood, which is not being written in that book of life, He is thrown into the lake of fire, and this is eternal. This is forever. If you want more verses showing that, go to the link in the show notes, and I have several verses talking about how this second penalty, this second death, is eternal. So if you have not accepted Christ's gift of salvation, you will be separated from God forever. Okay, so now that we've laid the foundation of what justice is and what death is, let's get more in-depth into this topic of God's justice. I think the best way to understand God's justice is to understand the penalty and why that penalty, death, is the correct penalty. And to understand that, you have to understand who man sinned against. Let's start in 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 5 through 9, I think will explain this well. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse nine here, it says, they will suffer punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. So first, who did man sin against? We sinned against an infinite God. So to be just... Our punishment rightly is infinite eternal. This verse says they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. It's not a light thing that you and I have done when we sin. Our God is infinite. Therefore our sin must also incur an infinite punishment. But this verse also shows something else. The punishment will be away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. God is a holy God. So the punishment is to be separated from God's dwelling place forever because God must be set apart from sin. Remember, Christ on the cross, he was forsaken from God the Father because God could not be in the presence of all of that sin. That enormous pile of sin that Christ was bearing on the cross. Your sin, my sin, the sin of six billion plus people on this planet every single second and throughout time past and time future. That's a lot of sin. And because God is holy, he will not be in that, the presence of that sin for eternity. So the punishment will take place away from the presence of God. Thirdly, God is an omniscient God. Hebrews 4:13 says, "and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account." God knows everything, so he can give me the just punishment of all my sins. He knows everything. Everything's exposed to him, and we will be giving an account someday before him. If we have not accepted his free gift of salvation. And fourthly, God is a righteous God. So he sacrificed himself so that my sin could be paid for. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit. Jesus, God, is infinitely righteous. Remember, we sinned against an infinite God. Jesus is God. He is infinitely righteous. So because he is just, he had to punish us. And because he is just, he is righteous. He is without sin. He was able to pay that penalty of death. So by his one death on the cross, he could pay the infinite punishment of all mankind out of his infinite righteousness. On the cross, he was also forsaken by the Father because of the Father's holiness. So that aspect of the punishment was also met because Christ is a loving God. He did not want you to be separated forever from him. So he was willing to endure that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. God is perfectly just. He is fair to give us the eternal punishment of death away from His presence in torment, pain for our sins. Because God is righteous, that is a completely just judgment. Because we sinned against an infinite, a holy, an omniscient, and a righteous God. But because of those very things about him, we have forgiveness from our sins. So let's put this truth into boots. Let's get practical down to earth with what we were just talking about. My punishment is no greater or less than I deserve. You may be out there saying, it's not fair of God for these good people, quote unquote, out here to be given the same exact punishment as a serial killer? Well, that is because they have sinned against the same God. My punishment is no greater or less than I deserve. That person's, that serial killer's punishment is no greater or less than he deserves. And that person out there who is trying so hard to do what is good and is right is not going to receive a punishment any greater or less than she deserves, than he deserves. Because God is just. I sinned against the same God that serial killer has and that other good person out there has. We've all sinned against the same God. And one sin against an infinite God deserves the same punishment as 10 sins against an infinite God my punishment's no greater than or less than I deserve because God knows everything I've ever done, thought and felt. I guarantee you, you have not committed just one sin in your life. You've committed countless. And because God's standard is perfect righteousness, one sin is complete failure. It's a black and white issue. It's not a gray issue. There's no degree of goodness out there. Either you meet the standard or you don't. Additionally, You and I cannot escape the punishment of our sin because God is all-powerful. There is no way we can get out from his reach because he is everywhere. There is no way we can try to outsmart him because he is omniscient and all-knowing and wise. We cannot escape our punishment. There is only one way. Romans 3 sums up all of this so well for us, but now the righteousness of God, i.e. the justness of God, has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. You get the righteousness of God if you believe in Jesus Christ's power to save you from your sins. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, i.e. a substitute, a propitiation by his blood, to be received by faith. You don't have to do anything to get this forgiveness. Romans goes on to say that, This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just, and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Christ came to earth to die for you and me, to show that he is just, that he is righteous. He put himself forward to die on the cross for us so that we can live with him because he loves us. God cannot change, so he needed to provide a way for us to be punished and saved at the same time. And he did that to show his righteousness and his love. So come back next week and we will continue exploring our salvation and Christ's love for us.